The recent back-to-back -back stabbing rampage in Korea has thrown the entire country into utter shock. Fears are growing that it could happen to anyone, even in crowded spaces during broad daylight. The police vowed to mobilize all available forces to ensure citizen safety and tighten security to prevent possible copycat crimes. But invites a bigger question at hand. What about the legal boundaries? On today's Zoom In segment, we look into the unsettling onslaughts with a particular focus on the legal tools that can help prevent recurrence of such heinous crimes. Uh, for this, Dr. Song Se-ryeon, professor of law at Kyunghee University, joins us via Zoom. Good morning, Professor Song. Nice to see you again. Good morning over there. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. Um, from afar, I've, I've gotten many of our listeners from afar asking if I'm doing okay. And I think there is this large belief uh, that South Korea is a relatively safe country to live in, which is why all the more these seemingly random set of stabbing incidents are frightening. Uh, threats of copycat crimes are also frightening as well. Now, there was mm -hmm. a time when we used to call them but crimes or don't ask why. But I think the narrative has shifted to maybe ask tougher questions. Maybe we should look at why or the common threads. If we look into some of these fatal and violent crimes in recent years, a significant portion of them were committed to uh, committed by individuals with mental illnesses. Uh, following the stabbing rampage in Bundang and Shilim, a conversation on judicial hospitalization has been sparked. Can you first tell us about what this is and how it would work? Well, first of all, when we talk about the judicial hospitalization, um, the, the usual process uh, involving a judicial or the forensic uh, hospitalization involves a case where uh, an individual has already committed a cr crime. And instead of going to jail, the court might determine that his mental illness has contributed or the major factor in committing a crime. So he could sentence him or send him to the hospital for uh, treatment purposes and also uh, separating that individual from the society. Now we're talking about the preventive measure, which is a little bit different, where uh, this individual might be a danger to himself or to the society, it seems, but he has not uh, committed any crime at this point. So uh, there is a fine uh, balance that we have to strike where uh, this person's freedom and the human rights have to be honored and, and protected. But at the same time, we have to protect the society from the potential harm. So uh, I, I think that what is required is that we have to look at this as a, a, a kind of a state action that is counterbalanced by the human rights. Mm. Uh, because of that, the, I, I think the direction is right that we are talking about uh, whether the court should be involved and to what capacity and also what are the procedures so that we can strike those two aims, mm -hmm. uh, protecting the society and also protecting the individual's human rights. And uh, as you've mentioned, uh, currently as a law stands, it's about repeat offenders who has a past of committing a crime and of mental illness. They're, then they are subject to perhaps judicial hospitalization. But for first-time offenders, this, the laws wouldn't put them in these kinds of facilities, would it? Well, e even the repeat uh, offenders, uh, they have already paid the price if right. they went to the jail. Right. So we're not uh, usually as a the, the legal matter, well, we don't look at the past crimes as a, a cause to lock him up again 
or punish him again, mm -hmm. punish that individual again. Mm -hmm. But uh, you're right, uh, the past crimes would indicate there is a pattern and there is a problem that has not been solved. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that sh should go to the formulation, but that should not be the sole basis. So let's take a look at uh, this specific case that happened recently. Uh, we've uh, reve uh, The police have uh, revealed the identity of the 33-year-old man named Choi Won-jung who killed one female elderly and wounded 13 others at a shopping mall in Pundang. He was apparently once diagnosed with schizophrenic personality disorder and social phobia, had undergone medical treatment for five years. To this, some point out that the Pundang stabbing rampage could have been prevented if there had been legal tools to force his mental treatment or hospitalization. But as you've alluded to, Dr. Song, we can't leave out the human rights abuse angle of it either. And I know there's this narrative saying that he's a criminal and if you committed heinous crimes, you shouldn't be protected. But that's not true. There should be legal boundaries um, to protect even criminals. Uh, what is your take on the introduction of judicial hospitalization or judicial treatment order or maybe expanding that existing law? I think it is necessary uh, for a couple of reasons. One is, uh, I, I think that society uh, needs to uh, implement uh, a little bit stricter uh, the security measures for uh, various reasons. Uh, uh, I think that when the economy is good and uh, things are going well for the society, um, the, this kind of things uh, probably don't spring up as much, but because of the global issues, because of the domestic issues, the economic uh, conditions, and infusion of many different uh, the, the factors in this society, I, I think that it's gonna, uh, is going to protect the society better uh, if we have a stricter rules. However, um, we have to really look at what kind of procedure we have uh, hmm. because uh, this involves, again, the, the committee, potentially committing a, a, a person to a confinement without any criminal uh, to the, uh, wrongdoings at this point. So uh, even though the person has a history of the illnesses, for example, schizophrenia in this case, uh, there is a statistics that we have about 500,000 uh, cases of uh, schizophrenia in this country. Are we going to lock them up all because of the history? Uh, probably there might be some severe cases that people would say, yeah, this person is about to or is bound uh, to uh, go down to a, a dark areas of committing mm -hmm. a crime. Mm -hmm. But we don't know that. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, from that, the person's point of view, the personal effort to uh, heal the illness uh, and the, the fix the problems, whatever that person is facing, mm. uh, that could potentially be swept up and, and be belittled uh, if we uh, introduce a hasty measures. I can certainly imagine a room for stigmatization of certain mental illnesses or, or perhaps even generalization. And that doesn't help but make this a fair process that helps society and that individual either. Uh, when it comes to the topic of judicial hospitalization, it was introduced during the previous National Assembly back in 2019. It was voted down amid concerns over human rights violation and insufficient infrastructure. So we don't even have the right personnel or the infrastructure to support this. What are then currently the biggest hurdles standing in the way of the introduction now? And how can those hurdles be addressed, Dr. Song? 
I, I think that those human rights concerns still remain. Um, I'll point to the fact that this, this discussion is very active right now. Just because we had two, uh, a couple of very high profile crimes. So people are interested in there. But uh, as soon as time goes, I'm afraid that this will dissipate and replaced by other high profile uh, cases, uh, high profile you know, issues or whatever right. they might be. Right. So uh, I, what I'm saying is that uh, there is an underlying uh, deeper problem where uh, in Korean society, there has not been a, enough uh, interest and uh, uh, actually money uh, put into it to address the mental illnesses in the general populace. Mm -hmm. uh, not only the schizophrenia, uh, but uh, many kinds of depressions, many kinds of unsolved issues are just uh, not addressed because of the stigma, because of the bias people have mm -hmm. about the mental illness. Right. Uh, I think that those uh, kind of uh, breed more uh, serious cases if those cases are not uh, really addressed in early stages. So I, I think we have to look at it in a totality. You mentioned the, the, the concern for infrastructure. Uh, they were talking about the court uh, personnel. Mm -hmm. If this becomes a judicial issues, then there might be uh, too many cases to pour into the courts so that we, we don't have uh, preparedness uh, to deal with those. But again, those cases are bountiful and we expect a flood of cases because of the underlying uh, condition or underlying infrastructure, more important infrastructure of as a society dealing with these uh, mental illnesses. And of course, it's a tough topic because it's not just about changing the legal boundaries, but a, a responsibility as a society, as you've changed, uh, said, uh, changing the narrative about the stigmatization that still exists around getting treatment for mental illnesses. But I've also read that currently you need multiple family members approval and multiple psychiatric evaluations to forcibly admit a patient into a psychiatric ward. What if the patient you know, has no interest in seeking help and he or she believes I'm just fine the way I am? am, why are you trying to put me behind these hospitals? Are there legal mechanisms currently in place in Korea to ensure that mentally ill individuals receive appropriate treatment, or are there also hurdles there too? Well, there are uh, several means that we use. Um, we, we have the means to uh, commit a person against his, uh, his will right. in three different cases. Uh, if it's a drug-related uh, if it's uh, if it's about the illnesses that, that are determined by the, the doctors, and also if it's an emergency situation, then the police could be involved. Uh, and we entrust these cases to the court. If it's a family court, uh, judges can determine determine this. But it is vastly inadequate at this point. And if those processes becomes a commonplace as this legislation and this uh, solution is envisioning, uh, I, I think that uh, we again go back to the previous question and previous issue of not having the infrastructure, not only for the courts, but uh, as a society and as a, as a infrastructure that sets up the whole healthcare system. 
Okay, so it seems that keeping this a priority seems important and keeping not just a society interested, but the National Assembly prioritizing uh, putting money towards important changes. That seems to be important, too. But I wonder, Dr. Song, uh, there are other developed nations like the U.S., Germany or France are handling these issues perhaps a little differently from the way we're dealing with it. Are there any lessons we can learn from other developed nations uh, that have implemented different systems or perhaps, dare I say, better infrastructures? Well, they all involved the courts. Uh, and I think that the rationale is pretty uh, uh, straightforward. Uh, because of this involves the human rights and violations, uh, this uh, needs to stronger protection of the courts and stronger protection from, from the law. So they uh, apportion more rights to the patients to be represented, uh, to, to confront the, the issues, and also uh, having a, a in-face uh, dealings with, with, with the court members or, or the judges uh, to when determining the system. So uh, it's becoming a kind of a, uh, the, the, the rights accorded to the criminal uh, criminal offenders if they are being judged in the court. So uh, I, I think that the, the, the balance that we are talking about uh, has to be uh, stricken to a point where the, the, the best institution in the society to deal with this issue, both legally and also bringing in the experts from the medical professions to, uh, to put into the issue, uh, I think is the court. And going, going uh, back to the legislation, that infrastructure question is going to be the key in determining whether uh, this society can go ahead with the, the, the putting that infrastructure into society. Uh, Dr. Song, other legal tools are also being discussed to prevent reoccurrence of such crimes committed by mentally unstable individuals, including life sentences without parole. What are your thoughts on this? And could that be an actually effective uh, legal tool? Well, there are different uh, opinions about this, but my personally, I, I, I think that there is a room uh, for this society to toughen up uh, in terms of dealing with the crimes. Uh, we have a capital punishment on the, in the books, but we don't practice it, so we might as well uh, abolish, abolish the, uh, the, the capital punishment. But mm -hmm. instead of that, uh, if the people think that, well, I commit a crime, but they never ex execute me. Uh, but if that's a message, that I, I think is a little bit weak uh, in, in terms of how to, to deal with uh, the, the even tougher crimes that, that are springing up in the society. So uh, that should be a, a, a viable option that we can pursue instead of reviving and start executing people. But at the same time, I think that that should also come with uh, a, a stronger protection legally because mm -hmm. we do make mistakes about the culpability mm -hmm. and the apportionment of the, 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 the punishment. Mm -hmm. So uh, the confinement without parole is a serious matter for an individual that would end this person's life and the quality of it uh, uh, in a permanent sense. Mm. So uh, I think the assessment of the rehabilita uh, rehabilitation mm. possibilities mm. and to begin with, uh, what this person deserves uh, probably should be strengthened. 
Uh, Dr. Song, another question being raised is about how much or how little authority police officers have in South Korea. There was an online post written by an incumbent police officer here on the list of factors that hamper effective suppression of violent assailants by the police. It went viral. Uh, How do you assess the current level of authority given to the police at the crime scenes in South Korea? Well, it's a little bit historical as well. Uh, I mean, we, we look at the, the battle between the prosecutors and the police and the authority was being shifted around uh, as police was more stronger in terms of authority before decades ago. Now it has shifted it back to, it was, uh, to, to prosecutors and then we're trying to strike a uh, balance. I, I think that in that question at all, uh, uh, as well, the tougher uh, punishment for for the the crimes and those who perpetrate it mm-hmm. comes with a a better equipment and and the better authority for the police. So I would for the measures that will uh, strengthen the, the the police's capabilities and also authority. But that authority should not be a, a blank authority that mm-hmm. just puts them. A, a, in a better position uh, in terms of punishing people uh, with with or without cause. Mm. So that also comes with the question is whether the police is better equipped in terms of the capabilities and education and also the, whether the protection against the possible police brutality, w- which we don't have now right. much, but uh, going forward, probably that would be a concern if we try to strike a balance. Because um, in the U.S., there's an entirely different conversation happening at large about police having too much authority and some uh, exerting that authority in the wrong manner, um, police brutality, as you've said. And even if you look back at South Korea's modern history, not too long ago, just a few decades ago, the police had too much power. So striking that balance doesn't seem to be a single silver bullet here. The conversation must continue. Uh, Before we let you go, Dr. Song, what do you think other uh, are the efforts needed, both on a national and individual level, to address clearly a complex issue? Well, I will go back to this underlying uh, infrastructure of uh, addressing the men- mental health. Mm. The recently UN has set it a priority that the mental health, especially in the job place, uh, should be uh, stressed, and ILO has uh, made. A, a health and safety as one of the most important factors uh, affecting the, the welfare of the worker's life and the met- mental health, of course, is uh, highly featured in that. I think that as an individual uh, going forward, if you think that you have a mental issues, uh, go seek a, a, a counseling and also the, the help from the health healthcare facilities. I, I think that this should not be a stigma going forward because it's not just for the society, it's not for the individuals, your family members, your friends. Uh, I, I think that those, the, the environment where problems can be openly discussed mm-hmm. and the help is openly available, and that should be the, the, the picture of the society that we strive for. Thank you very much, Dr. Song, for your insights. Have a safe weekend. Thank you very much. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.